Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. For a lover overdressed, the cycle is created long before you start to think that the brain gets your decision what to do. No clue for the food fighter. Alrighty, you are live. Thank you, Colleen. My name is Nancy Hopkins. This is Cosmic Ra- <laughs> Cosmic Reality Radio Show. My co-host, Walt Silva, is with us, and tonight we have a most special guest, Solaris Blue Raven. Solaris, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you, Nancy, Walt, and Colleen? Good evening. Hello. Hi. Nice Excellent. to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, well, thank, thank you so much for coming. It's, uh, it's just a pleasure. Um, okay, so this is the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It is January 19th. 2016. Um, that well, that's that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just focusing on the fact it's the 19th already. You know, it's like, oh my God, wasn't right, it just so. Christmas last week? Uh, I, I think it was Thanksgiving actually. <laughs> like, what? oh golly, um, Solaris, I have been on your show a few times, and I I do the talking. <laughs> Tonight, I really, what I like to do is I like to find the story behind the story. And I would like to ask you some questions that might give us a little more insight into who that little girl was that turned out to be Solaris. Are you okay with that? Sure. I don't think I was ever a little girl, though, but go for it. Fire away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Where did you, where'd you grow up? Oh, I, I'm not going to do a lot of personal data. Um... I'll just tell you I was in New York for a while, then I grew up in another state. But, yeah, when it comes down to real personal information, I'm not going to relay that for various reasons. Okay. I, I totally understand. Oh. That's why that, normally I just I just lay out with questions I don't normally okay. ask. But I, I know that you've had a very special and unique experience. Um, if, if I went to your bio and uh, looked up, a cor- you know, what it was that um, – and where is it? Okay. And, uh, a bio that was online for you, and it says, Miss Valeris Blue Raven is a published author, public speaker, timeline astrologer, MT healer, remote viewer, clairvoyant, and an assessment specialist in psycho- psychon- psychotronic warfare, synthetic healthy, and covert te- technology. She is a world-class natural psychic and cosmic advisor. Ms. Blue Raven has been a test pilot for covert technology and has a professional background in surveillance. She investigates global anomalies in addition to her current research. And she also has uh, books on Amazon.com, which I suspect you can find them under her name, Solaris Blue Raven. Um, true? Yes? Yes, indeed. Yeah, on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What I... Now, I do remote viewing, and uh, Walt does shamanic journeying. Mm-hmm. When you, when it says that you're a timeline astrologer, um, I find that fascinating. 
because I, well, first off, I, I went to uh, give you, get, put a notice on your Facebook page uh, concerning the, the radio show and then realized that you had this wonderful little post there that was about the alignment of the planets, which is funny to me because I had just been on the phone with Jean Rockefeller, who called because she needed me to know that this, do I know anything about these planets? And I said, well, no, not exactly. I don't pay attention to that. And she was saying that it's a, a time where everything is, an, is, is demonstrating the time of alignment when she said you're going to feel like you're, you've got all cylinders burning, you know, just going full blast. And she said this is probably going to last for a month. Now, what happened was that um, she has a, she she has animals who are sentient beings called watchers, and one of them, Hoo Hoo's, is uh, well, we she's always she's always telling me what to do. She's kind of like a boss to me, and so Hoo Hoo tells her to call me and tell me about this alignment, and I was um, in the middle of doing a three four things, and I'm like, yeah, okay, and meanwhile, apparently. We weren't getting the message across coherently enough because hoo hoo starts yelling in the background, and so I start listening to her. But then I got distracted again, and I basically okay, Jean C, and I hung up, and she's still talking to me, and it was like uh oh, and it was like no, you get back on the phone, and you I you need to apologize for having done that to me. I had to call Jean back and say tell who's I'm sorry I I hung up on her, but then I got quiet and I listened to her message and what she was trying to say to me was that that's the energy that's surrounding us, is this high-powered go, go, go energy that um, we've got to be careful of because you said just just go back into cruise speed. You know, don't let the energy take over. Just go into cruise speed and be careful that you're not moving too fast because obviously the fact I accidentally hung up on her was I was moving too fast. I wasn't listening to the information. Um what do you get from from that post about the alignment? And what is this? What do you what do you what is, what is meant by the concept of a timeline astrologer? Well, for me, um, for that post, it's interesting because I just kind of glanced at it. I didn't really thoroughly look at it, but I thought it was interesting because of the timeline insofar as how it was what about ten plus years ago. Um, I'd say with anything like that with alignments. I mean, I work with with what I call multiversal consciousness and energies. In other words. What people know from the old way of astrology, I don't even look at very much anymore. Everybody really lives by astrology, and not everybody, but a lot of people who are into astrology really like the idea of astrology. I, I actually just use it <coughs> excuse me, as a benchmark insofar as a snapshot, and then I just completely, completely obliterate the pattern and go to the multiversal realm, which is really about multiversal consciousness and what we really are as multidimensional beings, that we do have control over our, and, and can create and manipulate our reality, as you all know, that we can manifest at will anything through consciousness because it's all... It's all about energy and how you utilize it through your mind. So literally what I do with those things is show the best aspects. When I look at a timeline, I'll just look at the best aspects of the person at the time they entered on. But you also have to remember that so many things happen. Um, they can enter into the timeline at birth, and then they get an over, override, and they get uh, what we call walk-ins, uh, soul dissensions. So many things can happen through the progressions of a life. So not, it's not the, and as you, I'm sure you, you can relate that you're not the same person you were when you first showed up. Um, and if you are, well, I don't know what to say because most people morph, they shift, they mutate, and they evolve through spirit. And this timeline astrology that I do goes beyond the, the benchmark of a regular astrologer. It goes into the multiverse, and it works with ascension energies as well, which is about the frequency in the DNA, which I'm sure is up your alley.
You there? Just mu- just muted myself. Walt was saying at a show that we had Saturday that um, you actually change your body every seven years, regardless of, of anything else. That your mm-hmm. physical body will will you know change. And uh, so yeah, I can totally understand um, the concept of this continual changing thing that we go through. Right now, what did you what, what do you feel is happening right now? All right, let me ask you this: timelines. I get this question a lot of t- a lot of times. Um, what do I mean by timeline versus reality versus dimension? Do you right. have? You know, well, timeline is just a fractal. I mean, the bottom line is everything is, in my opinion, flux in flux right now, which means if you're dealing with holographic energies, if we're all holographic, which we are to some degree, then we're literally on one timeline here as we experience and observe through the witness, which is us, the sacred witness. There's that timeline. Then there's the multidimensional consciousness, which overrides all timelines. So you have all these different things. Um, d- dimensions, in general, are all about frequency, so you can create and manifest with each dimension, depending on how far you go, excuse me, how far you go through um, consciousness. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but, but literally what we're dealing, once again, is, is manipulation of energy. So the timeline for me, when I work on a timeline, I'll look at the timeline today. What I see on the timeline right now is an implosion of energy. I see a collapse insofar as the 3D linear projection systems. I see a collapse of uh, linear thought. I see a collapse and spike of primordial behavior because it has no place to go because of the bombardment that we're getting from the galactic center. So it has to go somewhere, and it's bubbling up as drama, as we all know. So that's coming up. And then at the same time, our DNA is shifting and changing. It's, it's morphing. It's going to higher overtones of frequency. And through that comes a fl- uh, kind of like a, a detox where we're, we're kind of uh, – Letting go of old patterns, old programs, uh, who we think we were, what we are. I mean, all of these things, even, even when we get down to, the, to names and patterns and birth certificates, as we all know, how they, you know, that's all about marketing and uh, Wall Street and everything else. You literally have to let go of that. Who are you? Who are you? Right? So who we are is, is what I call celestial beings, souls, embodiments, experiencing a timeline. And right now, what I see for this timeline is an implosion and, of course, at the end game, we would be ascending to another higher dimensional space, which to me is the newest star. And this is going away. All of this stuff is going away, no matter how, hold it, how hard they try to hold on to it. So that's what I'm seeing anyway. What did you say, new, new, newest star? What, what was I call that? it a newer star. And so far as – and a lot of people talk about the split between planets. So there, there's really a split going on right now. You're seeing people who are dividing in consciousness. So there are those who are rising up through higher, higher self-oversell, superconscious as, as beings, multidimensional beings of light. And you're seeing others who are separating through the uh, through more of a transhumanism program, through the, the lower linear projection of control, manipulation, hostility, violence. So there's a split. And those of us who are ascending to the higher frequency, we're holding our ground, which means we have to keep ascending and stepping up to the next frequency, which equates to the new Earth star, which is part of the ascension. It's, it's this planet split in a consciousness divide of higher consciousness. It's hard to describe it, but it's literally a new star planet. It's a new Earth star planet. It's, it's a parallel to this one, but higher frequency. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that um, you, you, you're familiar with Dolores Cannon, and she talked about the new Earth. Is that what you were seeing also? Would you call, Is it just another way of talking about the same event? I, I think it is. We call it ascension where I come from, and I suspect she's on the same parallel. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, we're talking about frequencies and ascension, meaning that we, we really are living in an old matrix right now, and it's outgrown itself to so many levels that we it's time to move on. Because um, Walt and I, well, last year, uh, about this time, decided that, um, well, we were led to it because we were given energy devices based on Shungite that allowed us to manipulate energy because the one of the most important things, I think the most important things that I learned from Dolores 
was she asked uh, the guides, you know, well, what's the purpose of humanity? Why are we here? And the answer was to learn how to manipulate energy. So when Walt and I got together with the Shungite, it started uh, producing these devices that we realized were uh, 3D but attached at the etheric and sometimes much higher levels, uh, just energy devices that would teach us our own powers, what we, what we really are capable of. And so we began to um, create a new reality, knowingly. Uh, there's a cube. There's a reality dialer. There is a crystal computer. There is a, a Shungite spiral. It's an integral, intricate uh, number of, of devices that basically Walt would make uh, spiral frequencies, uh, spiral using wire, and, and Shungite he would make... Uh, different frequencies that we would then tune into the reality dialer, which is a uh, radionics box based on shungite. And that would feed the uh, spiral, the shungite spiral, that then would go through the mineral, uh, pile of minerals that I had there that they're calling a, a, you know, a mineral computer, that would then send the signal to a cube, which is a very heavy, I don't know, 10 pounds or more. I, Walt would know the exact uh, how much resonance in it. But that's got six uh, Shungite spirals. And when we first put it out there, in, where it is, and, and it's a PowerPoint in the uh, yard, three of us were standing there, and none of us could see it sharp. It was like vibrating at such intensity that it was almost phasing in and out. And so I asked about it, and I got that it was phasing in and out between the third dimension and the sixth dimension. And this cube locks in the frequencies and the space uh, of the, this new reality. So there are different versions of building the new reality. Ours is one. Dolores has the new earth. What you're talking about is, is again, a new star type of, of, of terminology. But it's all seemingly coming together and coming together very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I say that it's like this, these waves that are going towards a beach. Every wave is separate, but they're all going to the same beach. I agree. Yeah, and, and I love the work you're doing, by the way, you and Walt both on the Shungite. That's, that's fascinating. As you know, I keep promoting your website, so hopefully it gets a lot of hits and a lot of success. But I will tell you, you're spot on when it comes down to what you're doing with frequency because there has been a frequency war. There's been a consciousness war. It's all about control and manipulation. It's, um, you know, I've, I've experienced it firsthand with the covert hardware, so I'm well aware of what they're trying to do to manipulate the psyche and consciousness to a point where they're stopping people from creating through their minds, through uh, creating an experience through consciousness. So if you want to manifest something at will, you have something, say, for the, like, for example, an AI, or interfaces where it's trying to control, manipulate what you're trying to see, hear, communicate with. It's, it's warping your communication through this distortion program. So what you're doing is negating that to some degree and overriding At least that's the way I'm seeing it. So one, once again, I think it's excellent work that you're doing. Well, um, we, w with the Shungite, we can absolutely change the, the, the spin of the, the, the signal. So they're not going counterclockwise, they're going clockwise. So that, that physically we're not under attack because all of our cells want to go clockwise. And you're in this, this pollution of energy that's trying to reverse your spin, which is putting you into a state of unbalance to begin with. On top of that, those very signals are carrying information that pop into your head like these random 
scenarios. It's almost like you, you're getting a, a, a you know a, a preview of some TV show. You know, and it's like, who are these people? What are they doing in my head? I don't even know. <laughs> right. You know, now when you're on Shungite and you begin to get balanced out because the Shungite's overriding the fields, but not the, not the information. We, I, I have not seen, I mean, I've got more Shungite around me than anybody in the United States, I'm sure. And I still get these, these random, you know, thoughts that come into my head. However, what I see happen is that no sooner do they start to come in than I immediately recognize them. <laughs> and that it's much easier now to, um, uh, let's say, identify the signal versus just this random thought that you're going, I know it's not mine, but where is it coming from? It's like I can see the attachment to the, to the signal. And at that point, I just send it right back. <laughs> That's very important. And also what I would even suggest, and this is just me, I would, I would suggest disconnecting the signal. If it's something that you find intrusive and not appropriate or not connected to what you're really working on, that's what I've learned to do because of the way they inducted me. I had to negate the program. So I literally disconnect anything that's not supportive of what I call my higher self oversoul superconscious because I can't have an infiltration of wormholes and all these other things that they do. Once they open up that communication system, live feed real time, all of these other things can piggyback on. So I learned how to disconnect a lot of things and rewire, rewire a lot. So that's just my own experience. Okay, let me ask Walt. Walt, have you got any questions uh, thus far, or you want to make any kind of uh, observation? No, I would, I would just, if anything, I would just make a comment that uh, uh, Solaris said things that reminded me of other things, like when she was speaking of the separation of the planet, which is something that I read about. Um, it is a concept that uh, people have a hard time uh, getting, un understanding correctly, because we do understand that reality is not that fixed, and it's just consensus reality. It's the reality that a, a, a given group of individuals agree upon. So since we have a group that's still invested and focused on negative things and negative agendas, and yet there's a group that's waking up, and their consciousness is focusing on higher vibration, higher dimension, it is inevitable that the groups will split up and you will have like two reality bubbles moving away from each other as the planet continues going up in vibration. And when she spoke of that, I was reminded, uh, remember in other shows I mentioned how back in 2004, 2005, uh, Dr. Costa from the Institute of Thought in San Diego, when he came around to do his workshop here in Minneapolis, he spoke of these things that people would go through ascension symptoms and things of that nature. Uh, one of the things that he brought up, one of the subjects, I mean, like, for example, you know that the last batch of symptoms I had was just terrible convulsive coughing, and it reminded me that he spoke that the um, vibration of the atmosphere was changing, that people had to relearn how to breathe. They had to master breathing with very shallow breathing, not very long, extended, deep breathing. He said you have to learn how to breathe completely, but that when you breathe out, you can hardly feel the breath coming out. And he said that this was necessary as the vibrations of the atmosphere were changing. And one of the subjects he brought up in the workshop <clears throat> is that he says you will note that there will be people that will phase in and out. 
And it was funny, one lady spoke up and she says, oh, I have friends that have told me that. That one minute that she's sitting in a room with a group of friends, and the next minute everybody does, where is she? And then a few minutes back, she's back. And she wondered, what are they talking about? I haven't gone anywhere. That, that, that would occur more and more often, people phasing in and out. And it also reminded me of, uh, for those that have seen the film, I think it's a very nice film, uh, The Celestine Prophecy by, the, uh, by James Redfield. That's exactly, you know, at the, at the end of the, I don't mean to give up the end of the film, which is, it's worth seeing, but uh, when the police are trying to stop this group of people that are uncovering all this secret information, uh, it's too late because the members of the group, you see them becoming more and more transparent and they just disappear. They haven't disappeared. What they've done, they've, they've shifted their vibration, their consciousness into this other earth where there is no control and domination. So it's a very, you know, prophetic type of uh, film. So that's just, that's the only thing I, I wanted to comment, how it, it connects, what she's saying connects with other things that I was aware of. And thank you, um, Walt. I appreciate that because it does correlate also with my background in Ascension. I wrote a book called Transmutation Through Ascension. Actually, it was published in 2004, and it talks about that, the phasing, phase shifting, okay. because I started to phase before they, they inducted me into the program. I had my Merkaba signal, which was really ramped up, and it had, an, its own, it had a secondary circulatory system pulse where literally when I'd meditate, you'd, you'd actually be able to feel this and experience it ramping up inside of me in my chest cavity, cavity mm -hmm. rather, which was light body into Merkaba. Now, that's the signal they triangulated and interconnected onto their artificial intelligence program, which I found very disturbing. But once Good again, day. they, meaning the people involved in the band Rush, were the original perpetrators of the crime who had access to the te technology, Michael J. Mosbach and their division associated, which was military personnel from what I understand. So we had um, a black technology program that pulled me in in 2004. But it was interesting because right before that, my, I was so ramped up in light body. It was unbelievable. So I do resonate with what you're saying there, Walt. And also mm -hmm. the light body and the lungs. I know that lung issues is associated with light body and recalibration of the light body. So that correlates as well. Mm -hmm. Now, just to get some clarification, um, can you just sort of go, I know you've said the story so many times, but um, Walt doesn't know it, and I only know basics of it, and I'm sure our audience would appreciate a, a rundown again of how, okay, what I'm understanding is that because you were putting out a signal that was discernible by the dark, we call them the black side or the dark side, the dark guys, the bad guys, they, they were able to see it, and therefore you became a target for what they wanted to do, to do next, is that correct? Well, I sent a book to Neil Peart, the drummer of Rush, back in 2004, which was Transportation Through Ascension, because one of my kickboxing students said, this was prior to where Neil Peart had a, had a, his family was taken out, and I didn't know about it, but my kickboxing student had mentioned it. So I felt guided to send in my book, Transportation Through Ascension, which is about life, body, consciousness, and where we go when we transfer out. It's very evolved and ascended. And let me back it up a little bit more, because I had had correspondence with Neil Pert in the past in the 80s and the 90s, so he wasn't a stranger to me. This is why I sent my book to him. And within a week's time, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2004, they had, um, he had hired Mossbach, Michael J. Mossbach, who has a background in covert intelligence and psychotronic hardware um, and also cyber warfare and a lot of other technologies, integrated my house and literally um, they had tagged my phones, my computers, 
They had um, live plants in the area, and then eventually pulled me and interconnected me live feed real time with artificial telepathy and programming. So they put me through a program, and I suspect a lot of it, when I look back at it now, was because of my, first of all, yes, my energetic signature, and also that I made a good candidate at the time for their induction program, which was really about um, brap- uh, excuse me, mapping brainwaves and activities in interfacing them with artificial intelligence. And also, um, I, at that time, I was teaching martial arts, second-degree black belt, very, very solid and grounded, so I wasn't some kind of a little flaky person. You're, you're talking about somebody very well established. So, um, But that's what pulled me into the program. That, that was about pattern recognition, numbers, codes, um, remote viewing, interconnecting on so many different levels with my handler, life feed real time, and the members of the band, and put me in a whole different arena where it destroyed my life and my marriage within four months' time. So um, I was ripped away from everything I loved. Everything was taken away. My life was zeroed out. And I went to Maui as guided by them because that's where Michael and Neil said to go, um, go to a place of your choosing where we can get to you. It was Maui on the Hawaiian Islands. So I went there, and within a, at the end of the year after they finished the tour, which I was live feed real-time interconnected. And I, when I say live feed real-time, that means I'm there listening, hearing, interacting live feed real-time with the artificial intelligence program and the band members live feed real-time as well. Um, and that's Okay, let, let, let me stop you here for a second. Um, so now, did you know, were you knowingly involved with it? Were you talking? Did you understand where they were coming from? Or were you being manipulated by, um, you're saying artificial telepathy, would that be coming over the Wi-Fi? Oh, no, no. They, they hardwired me right in. I didn't have any Wi-Fi. No, actually what happened was it was my handler, Life Feed Real Time, it was Michael J. Mosbach and the members of the band Life Feed Real Time, who opened up the communication system real time with a real person, uh, and the communication system, announcing who they were, talking to me. These weren't imposters. These were the real guys. And then later on, <coughs> excuse me, using an artificial intelligence program, which was more of a, an entrainment program, so in between the spaces they could have programming inserted, which was just like a virtual reality. So okay, when you, when, you, when you say you're, I'm sorry to break you off here, but I really want to understand this. When you mm-hmm. say you were hardwired in, did you have any implants or was it? Signal. I mean, was, Complete signal. Signal. Sig- yeah. Signal telepathic or signal EM? No, it's, it's a literally a satellite-driven technology that a signal is basically they triangulate your electromagnetic field, your neural circuitry. They, they map everything in your four-body system and pretty much interface it onto an artificial intelligence program, which is a supercomputer driving system. Live feed real-time, so it's all done through signal transmission into the signal of my brain and interface back. Live feed real-time with a live handler. Okay, so like an, ether- like an etheric signal. It can be an etheric signal, but it's a lot more complex than that. Yeah. It's a okay, lot so it's not, it's not normal Wi-Fi slash oh, no. EM no, no. RF. Not at it, all. It, it's actually another, uh, let's say, another uh, spectrum, frequency spectrum. Oh, like scalar wave technology. Because I was going to yeah, say a lot, yeah. Are a not lot affected. Like uh, they have no time delay, and they can go through a mile of lead with no loss. So that right. would be right there. I agree with that, too. And also, I have that zero-point transmission, and we all have a zero-point signature when we start ramping that up. And when I was talking about Merkaba, that's a zero-point, which parallels. It's very close to scalar. Some people say it's the same, but the zero-point is generated through consciousness, and theirs was created. Theirs isn't generated through source, so it's not the same frequency, but yeah. yeah. My question to you is, you participated in this program willingly, consciously. You, you went into this of your own free will. Well, not really, because what had happened was I sent a book to Neil Peart, and then they invaded my home within 
within a week's time and had me interconnected live feed real time. So I didn't know what was really going on. When they first interconnected me live feed real time, my system went into kind of a shock, but I wasn't afraid. And I think the fact that I wasn't afraid and I was kind of bold in my own house saying this is man-made and I was laughing about it at first. And then I realized that these guys were really not there as my friends or my allies, but literally trying to program me and pull me out of my entire marriage. So, so I didn't willingly participate. I mean, I did not, I did not, um, I wasn't running away in fear, but I was actually in my own body, so there's no place to run anyway. But, but did, no, you, did you, have you determined if there was a prenatal agreement that would allow them this? You know what? I, I look back on all those things in timelines and, and uh, agreements and this and that. I don't have any agreements with these people. Um, from what I've seen, I think they were trying to do something very insidious, malicious. They also knew my abilities and wanted to integrate it onto their artificial intelligence program for a template to do, distribute among their other agencies, which I'm sure DARPA was involved at some point. So you're dealing with artificial intelligence, brain templates, obviously, and just the distribution of what, how, how this technology can work to other people and on other targets. So that's, that's so, what you know, I came up with. But eventually you successfully unplugged yourself from this whole program? Well, it's taken me how many years? Let's see. It was 2004. It's been a long ride. I have what's left of an anomaly signal that's measurable, but it's not half as strong as it used to be back in 2004. And that's in my documentary, either remote to disclosure and covert technology, where it was actually measured. So, yeah, I still had the anomaly signals there. But what's really bothered me is uh, I've been kind of hardwired and also modified to some degree by their technology. And that happened gradually over the years just because of the integration onto my neural circuits. So what's left of me right now, I'm not really sure, but I know that I've integrated my higher self over self superconscious and I am here, my, my being, my multidimensional design, and I'm not about to allow control manipulation. So that's where I'm at with it. Oh. So you're, 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 you're talking in terms of, let me, let's see if we can get this, that you've got your higher self. What happened to the body, okay, the 3D mental framework, your energy signature that, you know, sometimes is called the lower soul, but the animal soul that we have, the, the way that we were structured, and then you have your higher soul, your higher consciousness. So which, are you saying that the lower soul, the lower, I call it the brain, the brain has been sort of like um, taken over by the artificial intelligence, and yet your higher self, it can take control over that. That's pretty much the case, but I would say that the, uh, originally, back in 2004, Michael J. Mossbach, my handler, he had me taken over completely. Um, and the program was taking me over, and I didn't even realize how much it had taken me over until later on after I testified in 2006. So I would say gradually over the years, I'm starting to remember me. I know that sounds kind of strange. It reminds me of Star Trek. You remember, remember that Alia, whatever her name was, where they tried to get her to remember her old self. Um, but literally, you have to kind of remember who I was before they inducted me and then keep navigating. And yes, the higher self takes the helm because higher self is merged with what I call source, which means there's no distortion and there's no, um, there's no programming involved in alignment with what they were trying to do. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So they basically took the chance that they could program you to a point that your higher self would not be able to do anything about it. Right. Well, they certainly succeeded. I mean, they succeeded in, first of all, um, taking me over remotely to a point where they were actually making my body remote controlled. I mean, I almost drove off the road back in 2004 because my handler was taking me over to such an extent. Um, they would have my eyes look at certain things. They'd be labeling everything for me, life feed real time. And when I met my handler in person, it was really weird back in um, 2000, was it 2005 on Maui because when he showed up, he knew how to get into my ohana. He knew how to do everything I knew how to do because he was interconnected with me life feed real time. He was never shown how to do these things, but he knew how to do it because he and I were inter interconnected very intimately. 
And Neil was involved with that too, live feed real time. Well, now your handler was he being uh, how was he feeding up to this artificial satellite and then down to you, or was there some other connection that he was making? Well, he has the access to the covert technology to a point where him and Neil Peart have used this technology, synthetic telepathy, for their surveillance program, which means he and Neil use it um, for everything. It, it, it basically replaces cell phones. Um, anything you think of in the primordial world and the illusion of technology is gone and negated because they're using this live feed real time. This is what they've been doing with each other. So Neil Peart has been um, interconnected with the artificial telepathy in these programs. And, yes, it's satellite-driven. That's the access point is a satellite-driven technology, but also using the computers in the back door of computers to access people using key logging and everything else they can go with, um, mapping the electromagnetic field through various systems. But the major one they were using was satellite-driven technology. It was also connected to the underground, which, which would be associated with bases and military areas. Okay. Walt, do you have any questions about this? Because I'm still not quite... Uh, well, no, it, to me, it makes sense because it, it coincides with... Uh, uh, what, what she's elaborating on uh, coincides with what, what Andrew Barsis has, has spoken about, the etheric satellite network that's around the planet. He gives it a name. He calls it the Gozer satellite system. And it's actually, it's not even, it's very ancient technology that is, is being used today. I mean, it was not built by the military-industrial complex. I mean, it's really, really ancient technology, and they're picking back on it. And that's, that's the... Uh, that was also part of the of the tug of war. These uh, secret control rooms that are all over the planet. That you know the bad guys control some of these control rooms, and the good guys have another, and all and the rest are unfound. And remember when I had that uh, that journey for JP, where I got to see one of these hidden control rooms somewhere in the Alps. And all of that is like really, really ancient. Uh, technology and these guys have plugged onto it. Now, to add to what she's saying, uh, uh, Corey Good has several chapters on this AI business where the, uh, the, uh, the ET uh, confederations, you know, the ones that are coming to the solar system and they're having all of these uh, discussions, they have an issue. They want to eradicate this AI thing because it's not even uh, the source of it is not even the earth it's it's actually from another universe they say that there is another universe where this uh, AI you know this AI consciousness came about and it just took over everything so he explains that it's not even a machine it's not a computer it's an actual signal that is intelligence and what it does it contaminates computer systems because the, the, its agenda is for humanity to build uh, android-type vehicles that it can occupy and it can have physical expression in the 3D. So every time that Corey has a good, or Gonzalez have gone to these meetings with the uh, ET representatives, before they go into the meeting, they put a device on his forehead and they scan him see if the signal is in him because the, the signal actually piggybacks itself into our energy fields. And if it's there, they zap it out so that when he goes into the meeting, he can be clean. Because they say that this signal, he says, wherever you find on Earth some scientist who is an AI prophet, you know, someone who's speaking in favor of more AI machines and AI cars and 
you know, intelligent this and intelligent that. He says, that guy, his consciousness has been taken over by the signal. So he's doing what the signal is asking him, is manipulating him to do. So it sounds exactly, the, the description parallels what Solaris is saying very, very well. That's very interesting, Walt. Once again, I could talk to you for hours. And, <laughs> and that signal, by the way, is measurable in me. So mm. that makes me even more creeped out. But, but also I want to remind people that I originally had the signal of my Merkaba, which is what they were measuring, which was what was ramped up. And that's what they tagged. And I remember the night they tagged it in my bedroom. It felt like I was having a, a surgery of some kind with a laser beam coming in and hit me right in my chest cavity. And that's when they started creating this uh, different kind of a signal, interpolating it back onto their, their artificial intelligence. So I noticed you had some questions in here too, Nancy. If you want me to address those, just give me a shout. Sure, go ahead. Um, let's see, that's uh, Ven Venisum. How does Solaris disconnect the signal? What I did was, because I couldn't disconnect the quote-unquote signal itself, I literally negated the programs by affirmations, communication, and doing my own way of rewriting the program. Uh, a lot of the signals over the years have kind of, what I would say, meshed to such a degree that they're not as effective as they used to be. So part of this is literally negating them. And also, I have worked with Tesla coils, and anything that works with radionics frequency helps me. Um, Rife medicine has helped me on a lot of different levels to detox my system. So I've been working with a lot of different types of, fre of frequencies to accommodate me as a multidimensional being negating their technology. So that's what I've been doing. But the biggest thing you can do is literally take your mind back, and that's through affirmations, what you believe in, and consciousness, and not allowing anyone or anything, including an, an artificial intelligence program, to control and manipulate your reality. So that's the answer on that one. Um, we already answered the second one. Let's see here. Three Crow, how did – oh, that's the second one. Okay. And then who are the band members? That's the band members of Rush, the Canadian rock band Rush. And Neil Peart, Alex Lifeson, and Getty Lee were involved and inducted me in 2004 in the R30 tour, which they wrote their nice little songs about. And the whole time they were writing their songs in the studio, they had me live feed real time. And there are some things that are mentioned in that album that are literally done live feed real time when we were all listening and hearing each other. So that's how we all knew as well. There were keywords and codes that were written in there that only the band members and myself would know about and Michael J. Mosbach. And I didn't even know who Michael J. Mosbach was, but he announced himself to me in 2004 when he inducted me with, with Neil. And I, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And then later on when I meet him, sure enough, it's the guy, Michael J. Mossbach. So there are no coincidences, and these were not imposters. Walt, you want to ask her some more questions? You seem to have a real handle on what's happening with her, and you guys go for it. <laughs> I'm glad. Actually, it's nice to meet Walt because I've heard wonderful things about him. So, so um, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, the, um, the one thing that I noticed is, uh, from extrapolating from uh, Corey Good's information is uh, the agenda of this AI, it's, it's literally stuck in the 3D. That's, that's the, one, the, the one thing about this thing. It is, it is artificial, but it, it, it has this specific agenda. Since it cannot evolve up through the dimensions as our consciousness does very naturally, this thing the only thing it can do is move sideways. So it, it, it tries to spread. You know, wherever there's computer systems, wherever it tries to spread. So um, he explains that one of the ways that the uh, the signal piggybacks onto the human energy field is through nanotechnology. If the person is contaminated with nanoparticles, um, then the, the signal can be in there. Uh, it's interesting that you say that you work with Tesla coils because he explains that when they when they scan an individual and the device indicates that the signal is present in the individual, 
uh, it gets the the signal gets zapped with um, a high voltage like a like the discharge from a Tesla coil, which make which is almost like uh, erasing a cassette tape. You know, when you when you use a very strong magnetic field and you swipe it across the tape, you delete the tape. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> it's almost something of that nature, which also um, kind of brings to mind another thing. Uh, Somebody sent me a video from this gentleman. His name is Tony Pantelaresco or something from the Internet. And this fellow is out there with a lot of alternative healing and everything. And he talks for hours on end on all the nano stuff that supposedly is in the uh, is in the chemtrails. And there's a video that he put out called Anti-Nano Device. And what it is, it's a, it's a bucket, like an Elmer bucket. And you wrap it in wire. And you apply the uh, DC voltage to it, so that essentially you're turning the bucket into an electromagnet. And his recipe is that for people that have a lot of nanoparticles in their body, if you put your feet in it, you fill it with water, and the water has to have uh, Epsom salts and vinegar to make it acid. And so his explanation in the video is that the electromagnetic field that you created with a wire wrap shuts down the nanoparticles. They just they, they cannot function. They just get shut down. And then the exposure to the, the water, your pores open up, and by you know, osmosis they get pulled out. And he says, pay attention to the the water. If you not, you'll notice it, it'll get murky or it'll get dark. And he's got pictures of particles. So that was interesting that he is using uh, magnetic fields to shut down these signals. So that that was interesting to see that that connection. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah, when you <laughs> mentioned the Epsom salt and the vinegar, you know what comes to mind is Constantine. Remember the movie where he he was sitting his feet in the water? I know oh, it was a little different, but water is a, is a very powerful psychic link. Like a, for people that do dream interpretation, if you ever find yourself dreaming of bodies or waters or currents of water, that's pure spiritual energy. That means that you've been connecting to you know, the the more, uh, the higher spiritual realms. So he used that, the water, because that was the medium to connect to the other side. <laughs> yep, nice, <laughs> nice interpolation. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much so. Now, do, okay. you feel, do you feel like you have the nanoparticles in you, Solaris? I feel like I have all sorts of stuff in me, Nancy. I wish I could do, like, a real big, thorough scan on this because after all the years, you know, I've been quietly cloaked in society. I've communicated my case, and I had to testify in 2006 and everything else. But I'll tell you, I feel so different. Um, even though I'm still me on a multidimensional scale, there's definitely something there. There's nanos in there. There's stuff in my, my skull right now that feels so different. Um, my crown chakra used to feel a lot more fluid and energetically um, I, in alignment, I guess is the word. It seems like it's just modified a lot of things. It's almost like they put, when you talk about the nano suit, it reminds me of having like a, a bat suit on or something, like a nano suit. Like they put some kind of a suit over me and overlaid my light body with a nano design. I think singularity is something that William Henry has talked about recently. And he talks about this exact thing with transhumanism where they're taking the light body and they're weaponizing it into, into a nanotechnology. They're using beings like us integrating the technology of light body, which is naturally done by the cosmos, and then they're putting it into these AI programs to create their version of immortality. But it's not like that. I mean, the universe doesn't work that way. But that's what I'm seeing anyway. And, and for me, I think the nanos are there. But as I said, I, I do my best to keep myself as, as high frequency as I can and to negate any attacks. Obviously, I work with the Shungite, too. 
love the shungite, have it everywhere too, and that, I, I believe that does help. So. Well, the implants, uh, when, when we first got working with um, shungite, uh, Gene Rockefeller, who, who works at get, just, you know, stopping implants on people, she said, I can't believe this, but I've got implants coming out, and they look like little pimples, but they really didn't, weren't like a pimple. And, um, you know, she's, she had like three of them. And so I said to my friend Cindy, you know, Jean said, blah, blah, blah. And Cindy goes, oh, well, I'm glad I don't have any. And not 15 minutes later, she says to me, what the heck is this thing on my back? And I swear, it looked just like what Jean was describing. And, uh, you know, I've had some weird little things too, but... Um, when you got the shungite, did you have anything that you thought might be expelling any implants in you? Well, I did notice I had something on my back um, that was up, which I, I thought it was a cyst at first. And I had had this nodule there since I went to Maui. Okay, so we're talking right after my induction. And eventually it got bigger and bigger, and then it just dissolved. So I think it had something to do with that. And it's never come back since I've worn that shungite. And I also know somebody else who's worn the, the shungite, too, and started working with it. And they had a, a kind of detox going, which is what you're describing. So I think that it does purge and, and detoxify on a very deep level. So, yeah, uh, in answer to your question, yeah, I did have that going on. And um, I haven't seen anything like more gallons or anything weird like that. Not quite, but... Gene's okay. guides gave me uh, the clue on shutting the stuff down when it's in your body. Um, I did a shamanic journey for Jean so that I could visit her guides. It turns out that they're in orbit. They're insectoid. They're not humanoid. And they're so loving and wonderful, you just want to stay there. You don't want to <laughs> come back. And I remember asking because I had felt like a little bump on the underside of my right forearm. It felt like having like a lima bean under the skin, and I wasn't sure what it was. So when uh, Jean had scanned me, she said it was an implant. So when I did the shamanic journey, uh, there there were several males there, but there was only one female, and she seemed to be in charge of medical attention or something, so they had me sit on this contraption, and I asked her about uh, the implant, and she said that it was very simple. She says, if you claim dominion and sovereignty of your own energy field, whatever is in your energy field has to obey your will. It doesn't matter who made it or how powerful it is. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's sitting in your energy field and you call the shots. So she says, declare this your sovereignty in your energy field and command that it stop, that it shut down permanently. So I did that, and three days later, I could not find anything under my skin. It was like nothing was ever there compared to how it felt before. Awesome. I love that. I have done that, too, and I remember Nancy mentioning a claim your domain, and I did, Nancy, and that must have come from you, too, Walt, because <laughs> I have been doing that. I have been doing it. Never did I give these guys, as soon as I realized what they were up to, I took my power back step by step by step. Yeah, you, they, you do not consent. Like Andrew Barca says, you know, I do not consent. So if they nothing can touch you if you don't agree to it. The, the, the What was missing for me is that many times I was doing this, the uh, the revocations as taught by Andrew Barces, and they did have results for me, but up to a point. Like there was something was missing in the equation. And then when I had a chance to uh, read the document uh, published by Inelia Benz, learn what controls your manifestation, we are aware of agreements and contracts, yet we are not aware that we also have unconscious 
agreements and contracts. And that's where they, that's where a lot of stuff you, you, you revoke it and you revoke it. And why isn't it going away? Well, because you're revoking the conscious agreement that you made with something, but yet there's an unconscious one that's still there. So I got into the habit now, I'm, when I do revocations, I, I do them in three layers. I'll revoke conscious stuff. I'll revoke unconscious stuff and revoke prenatal stuff because you make agreements before you're before you're born. Like uh, when I did a shamanic journey for JP, one of the situations in his life is there because he agreed to it before he came into the life, but he agreed to it with incomplete data. He was not disclosed the full terms of the agreement. So he said yes, but the agreement it now puts him in a position where this person is more of an obstacle in his life than a help because he was never given all the information before he came. So prenatal agreements can also be. The only difference is that you have to invoke your guides to come in and they have a, a, a hand in revoking anything that was done before you came into incarnation. You need sure. that help. Yeah, that's very interesting. And, you know, and with me, because I've done a lot of spiritual work, and I went through a lot of initiations and progressions, and I started doing DNA activation and initiations on people, and I can tell you I got to the level um, several years before my induction where I received what we call a soul dissension from a celestial divine energy that was an aspect of me um, extending in the multiverse, which descended in. And when it descended in, my light body went so, so high. Um, that was part of the Merkaba signal. I mean, talk about purity and, and keeping yourself to such a level in spirituality that you were able to anchor another multidimensional design of who you are. So that's you, me. To, oh, go ahead. You no, know, I was going to say that you left out hiding your Merkaba. That's one of the things I learned from the uh, – it wasn't part of the workshop, but just mm -hmm. somebody mentioned it, and I said, oh, I can use that. Um, your Merkaba is fully programmable because it is a sentient living energy computer. And one of the things I learned when uh, – if you remember when um, Rumbala Melchizedek was doing the workshops all over the world, or the, the uh, uh, Flower of Life workshop where people were taught how to assemble and activate their Merkaba body. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Okay. People were not aware <clears throat> that when you turn it on, you give off uh, an energy signal equivalent to the power signal, the, the, the power signature of a small city. And the satellites can pick this up, and the surveillance satellites pick this up, and that's why th they did this to you. They pick up your signal. But here's the thing. You can actually program your Merkava to be invisible to all man-made and non-man-made uh, technology. So even though it can be as huge as a planet, they can't see it. Nice. I should have done that beforehand. I wish I had met you then. All right. <laughs> I was there radiating all this light thinking, hey, this is great. I, Didn't let help me, it, let everybody. Me I programmed my Merkawa, for example, uh, in driving the car. I programmed it to, to make my car invisible to all um, police, uh, police scanners and police men and women. So even though I, I don't I don't I don't like to speed, but I have been in situations where I may have been like five miles or six miles over the speed limit in a specific area, and I go just past them and it's like I'm not like they're not even there. Nice. That's how intelligent and powerful your Merkawa is. You can program it to do specific things, and because of uh, of its facets, it can hold hundreds of thousands of programs for you, and they run until you stop them or change them. 
Can I ask you something quick, um, so, Walt? What yeah. about my Merkaba being mapped and integrated onto the AI? Would it, would it have its own intelligent design enough not to allow it to be manipulated through their program? You know? You, I don't want to see them taking it and using it as a template for some control mechanism. That's what I was getting at. Well, the thing is that you you claim it back, you you command it to unplug, and you command it that it cannot be copied by any man or not by any human or non-human intelligence or by any natural or artificial intelligence, it, it cannot be copied, cannot be used. You, Excellent. You give it the condition. Um, another, for example, um, this who, who did this happen to? I think it happened to Drumballo himself. Uh, it was, every time there was, a, there was a person, and every time they would do the exercise to turn on the Merkava, something would go off, like a light bulb would explode, or an outlet would kind of spark out. So this, all that this person had to do is it had to program their Merkava to not interfere with any man-made technology. So from that moment on, the, the problem went away. You know, they didn't have any light bulbs exploding or any outlets sparking. So your, your Merkava is infinitely intelligent because it comes from intelligent, from intelligent infinity. So therefore, it, it follows what you tell us. So if you want it to be unplugged and that it cannot be mapped or used by any human or non-human, natural or unnatural intelligence, it'll be. Because you are the manifester. You are the creator of that condition. So no matter what they try, they, they can't because you've made it uncopyable. Excellent. I'm so glad you said that because I was always concerned about that. Um, for a long time, I, I wondered what they had, how much of my, you know, my, my multidimensional design work and Merkava was integrated in with their, their work. And you mentioned something about contracts. I just want to ask you, I'm unconditionally loving. Before I was hit with this program, I used to love everybody unconditionally. And, and even you know, accepting the most wicked person into my heart. And I'm wondering if that's a contract or maybe they saw it as one, like, well, you gave the okay because you're not hostile if we connect in with you. That means that you, um, you know, you're, you're allowing the contract to take place. Is that the case? Yes, that's why boundaries are very, very healthy. You you maintain a boundary. You don't have to be in. Uh, if you, I don't know if you ever had a chance to read the the raw material, the law of one books, where they speak of the two of the two uh, spiritual polarities. They don't speak of good and evil. They do not use those words at all. They they speak of these uh, agendas where the those people, those entities that we refer to as evil, are service to self, they, because everything they do is, in the end, to benefit themselves, and that's why they primarily use and abuse the energy of others, or they suck up the energy of others, because that's their agenda, service to self. And then service to others are, like us, people that define themselves as light workers, whose existence serves others, because if you are the best that you can be, even if you are not going around giving your money away or cleaning somebody else's house, if if you go out and you are an expression of the best person that you can be, that is a service. You are servicing the reality. You are affecting reality itself. But just because you are a service to others' entity, that doesn't mean you're a floor mat and you do not consent and you establish boundaries. You know, yeah, I love you and you're okay the way you are, but I want nothing to do with you because I do not participate in your agenda. There you go. That's what I should have thought of when they first inducted me, and I didn't. 
So and now I'm looking back, and, and thank you for the clarity, by the way. I so appreciate and that. It, it just goes, one of the things, if anything, all of these negative experiences that you've had should serve to teach you something very useful about yourself. Just mm -hmm. think how powerful and magnificent a creator you are, how much you gave them. <laughs> all that they did to you, right? They yep. did because you allowed that creation to be. So it, just look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, wow, I'm like a really powerful creator. So <laughs> because now that you, you know, now that you have witnessed what you you created, because you Alrighty, we have lost connection again. Hold on just a few moments until we get it back. Hold on. In the meantime, I'm going to sing. No, I'm not. Just kidding. Maybe, depending on how long it's down. One computer's up. Let us see what's going on. Come on. Hey, we're back. Yes? Everybody yes. Here? Yes. Here. Okay. Yeah, I saw that signal drop right there. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, Walt's still out of the picture. Um, one thing I'll point out while we're getting him back is that um, you, because time doesn't exist, Solaris, you can actually say in, in protecting yourself... Uh, go back into time. It's probable that they haven't been able to do that because in, in the future you said, and you know something, you can't mess with me before this point either. And just go back and, and wipe out any potential that they've already done that. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And thank you for this reminder, by the way. I, I want to thank all of you for having me on. Um, I've learned, I'm learning a lot, actually. So I know you're, you're wanting to interview me, but I'm learning so much from all of you, so thank you. This is the way it goes. You know, you just turn Walt Silva on and you get inspiration. <laughs> well, you know, Nancy has been talking an awful uh, lot about you, Walt, and, and wonderful things. And I must say I'm very impressed with who you are as a, as a multidimensional being. Thank you. Glad you're oh, here. Thank you. <laughs> what, I was, what, I, what I was saying before I got cut off I, um, was that uh, in your particular case that you've met this particular group of individuals is that many people feel that they are so powerful because uh, they have all this exotic technology, they have access to millions of dollars worth of exotic stuff, and they are into the know, and they know everything that's going on in the background, that we think they're, like, practically omnipotent. So we give them the power to mess with us and do whatever, because we, we, give them, we give it to them. We make them, you know, we put them up on a pedestal saying, oh, my God, these are, like, I know that they're dark lords, but look how powerful they are. They have all the satellite technology, and they have the scalar technology, and blah, blah, blah. But So it's only as powerful as you let them be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So you take it back. Take back all that power that you gave them. You know, you guys are only as powerful as I let you be, and I don't let you be any more powerful than what you think you are. <laughs> well said. <laughs> it's kind of like what Gaia said to us, you know. Hey, I'm back in the game, and things are going to change. Yeah. Uh, well, need it. We we need that for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um. 
Well, do you have any questions of Walt? <laughs> oh, well, gosh, I probably have to. <laughs> After the break time. Yeah, there is a break, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I, I got I to tell you, I did love that music. Um, it reminded me of when we were in the 90s, and on this property, it's a... Um, it's got all these real powerful vortex, and we ended up in the backyard and created what's called the Merkabah, oddly enough. That's what was given to us. And we would have people who weren't musicians, but we'd get together and we had drums. Uh, actually, we have two large drums that were made by the Teo Indians, and a number of other drums plus rattles and and we would get there and we would just start playing and it was like what what it felt like if I could describe it is that we were creating this bubble around us and the only thing that existed was the bubble but the bubble would then sort of like allow you to as a group I could see us moving to like uh, someplace on the in the Orion belt one of the I think I'm serious but I'm not sure I always thought it was, but or sometimes we'd go to the to the Teo Indians, or sometimes we'd go to some place I didn't even know where we were. But it was this amazing feeling of um, being outside of of space and time, done without drugs, but done with music. That's the natural and, high. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And we'd have anywhere between you know eight and twenty some people doing this. And it was just uh, such a magic. We'd have a fire and, you know, just have a wonderful, wonderful time there. But well, there is, yeah, there, there's so many ways of getting to the other side. <laughs> exactly. When you think about it, I, I was just thinking this during the break, because what comes to mind when I hear that music is Atlantis for some reason. But what's really interesting, you know, in a world where it seems very chaotic and very destructive and very negative, well, how refreshing it is for me to be asked to be on your show tonight because I must say you all are wonderful. And I don't mean to say this like over, you know, over, keep, keep rolling in it, but it, it, literally it's, it's really, really refreshing to have light conscious design beings and, and being live on radio. It's fantastic. So I want to thank you again for that. Well, we certainly appreciate that because um, we, we, our thing is that we come on here and we just, we call it the genre, um, you know, reality sci-fi. Because we're willing to take excursions into thought consciousness that others don't because of whatever reason. Um, but the main the main thing we have going for us is Walt, <laughs> because he has access to so much knowledge. Uh, I got to tell you, just a funny thing about it was that when I just I, make it up as I go along. That's all. Well, sometimes I think you do, but you do it so convincingly <laughs> that I, I don't have any doubt it's true. Because reality is what you think it is, Walt. <laughs> uh huh. So uh, yeah, when I first asked him if he wanted to be a co-host, we talked about Shungite in the first show that never actually got recorded, and I thought, oh my God, does the guy know about anything else? And by the third show, I'd come on and I'd say, what do you want to talk about, Walt? Because he just can talk about so many things. So I'm serious. Ask him any question that you, you know, because he does completely understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, ask him what, what, what you'd like to know. Well, let's see here. The one question that comes to mind, uh, because I was loaded up with a lot of different signals back in 2004, I have one specifically 
in addition to the other signals, that's um, it dances to music on radios. It, it has an interaction with nature, wind, sound. Um, it's embedded in my body, and I can tell when it's moving. And do you have any any insight on that or suggestions insofar as, first of all, A, should I just disable it completely? I I've, have not had any success in disabling this technology um, like that because I feel like it's so hardwired into me. But my question would be, uh, what is your... Well, the, the first thing is I would switch that belief system because you've just established a belief system that this is so hardwired into you. What if it's not so hardwired into you, but you just made it hardwired into you? You see the difference? Mm-hmm. Right. Be, yeah. So you've made a declaration that this is incredibly difficult to disable because it is so hardwired into me. So right then and there, you've established one of the rules of your reality, which is this belief system. So the first thing I would do is transmute that belief system into, well, it's not really that powerful or, or I can disable it whenever I want. Uh, that's one. That's one thing. Another thing was... Have you tried communicating with it? Well, because I was so inundated with my handler life feed real time and a lot of other telepathy and communications, I, I didn't really communicate with that. I noticed it has its own thing that it does. Um, like I said, it just kind of interacts with sound and music. Um, I could work with it. And I do know with, with some of the stuff that I've been doing, like my meditations, uh, I still do those and affirmations, and I do know at times it does interact with that as well. So let, let me could be an elemental-based? Possibly, but I was getting more that it was more technological and, and actually scalar-related because mm-hmm. it's something they created. So, Okay, so, let, let's, let's just look at the situation because <clears throat> the Russians investigated 90% of the DNA that the West, West was calling junk. And what they discovered is an inter- that it's a, a biological Internet and that the way that it communicates is through... Uh, frequency, but vibrational frequency. So it, it's it's taking a frequency and it's vibrating, and it's the uh, concept of you know resonance that allows the messages to continue down the pike. And what they discovered was that the most potent way of changing the DNA signature in this internet is through the human voice. Okay. So when you do say something out loud, you're impregnating that DNA with a certain frequency of that, what you just said. And we hear language, well, a word is a frequency. It's a definable frequency. It's got parameters just like everything else, and it's very specific, and that's what's working on your DNA. Now, if we take it a step farther... These people are using a technology that also is causing a vibratory change in the DNA. That's how they're getting through. It's the, it's the gin thing again, Walt. It's the toning. It's the sounds. Now, they're not a sound that you might or I might hear, but it is a sound frequency. And they're, they're basically, the gin were controlled because of the sorcerers knowing their names. And the tone, the energy was like their signature. And so, therefore, once they knew the signature, they had control over them, just like what you fell into, Solaris. So if we've got a situation where they know what your signature is, okay, because they've mapped you out and they know it, well, A, you can change it. 
-hmm. You know, you can put parameters of your own on it so that they can't read it anymore. You can actually ask Chungai to muddle it so that they can't see it. Oh, there's a right. better one. Go ahead. Much simpler. You, uh, from your description, it sounds that you are very good at scanning the signal and being aware of it, correct? Yes, very much so. Okay. Do you understand the principle behind noise cancellation technology, how it works? A little, a little bit, but let's, let, why don't you give me a rundown? Okay. <laughs> Because I may not be clear on it. Okay, go ahead. What it is, it's extremely simple. Uh, it's the same, uh, it's like in math, when you, ha you have a number, any number, in order to create the opposite of that number, you have to do one over that number. And that you're creating the, the the opposite of that number. That's the way that's the way it, it works. So, in in noise cancellation, what they do is you'll have a little processor analyzing whatever is, is the noise that a, a motor. Let's say uh, you're doing it in a refrigerator. So you have this little circuit that's analyzing. It's looking at the signal that the motor puts out, and then it uses a uh, uh, a sound generator to produce the same sound only that the wave is 180 degrees of phase. So when the noise wave goes up, the one you're producing goes down. So you're creating the opposite of the signal, 180 degrees of phase. So you're creating a counter signal that literally takes out that particular signal. They just cancel each other out. That's that makes all perfect it. sense, yeah. So, yeah. so how would I be able to do that, technologically speaking? Uh, you, your Merkava. You, okay. what you, you're aware of the signal, what it feels like, what it looks like, however it is that you perceive it. So you tell your Merkava to produce, give me the opposite of that, or the one over that, or, or that signal 180 degrees out of phase. Okay. Whichever way, because we don't, you don't need to be technically perfect. Your, your Merkava is so intelligent that all it needs is just a few instructions and it, and it knows exactly what to do. So you don't need to have the technical detail. What matters is you get the concept, the notion that whatever the signal is, I want you to produce the exact opposite of that. So then it'll just cancel it out. Mm -hmm. And in reality, you're just giving permission to the Merkava to do it. See, this is what, what we try to get people to understand is that the, the things that that we're talking about are yours. They're, they're, we own them. That's what it's all about. But we don't give permission to our own selves to use the powers that we have. We think, oh my gosh, I can't do it because of this or that or the other thing. No, not only can't, can you do it, but we're at a point where you must do it. Oh, exactly. It's interesting because when I was countering a lot of this stuff, I would literally do toning, as you were talking about. Also, the affirmations were really big, just because they were trying to overlay so much with their verbiage and their, their synthetic telepathy and, and the handler. So I tried, um, I did the opposite of that. So thank you for reminding me of this once again, um, reminding me to program my Merkaba signal and, and tell it what to do, because I really allowed it, because I didn't want to encroach on that signal. I've always nurtured that signal. I never wanted to control and manipulate it, but it is programmable, programmable and you're right about that. Um, so, so thanks for that information. Well, the, the thing is that if, it, if it's not yours, unless it's serving you a purpose in some way, you know, why would I want to have something on me that's not mine, it's not natural to me? Mm -hmm, right. Yep. So who knows, maybe at, at, on some dimension you are getting something from it or learning something from it. I don't know. It's interesting because I was happy enough with my own nice signal 
But I will tell you one thing, and so far as learning experience goes, I think learning, for me, it seemed like the artificial telepathy was a learning experience. Learning how to engage and interact with the AI, that was another technology. And I learned how to master that. But what I, what I realized later on was that they were turning it into psychological warfare and mind control. And that's when I pulled the plug on these guys, and that's when I really started to um, testify about this was an abusive technology and power. And, and of mm-hmm. course, and I was going to ask you about the AI you all were talking about in the etheric realm. This AI, is it trapped? I mean, was it originally a good design that's expanded in another multiverse and then it got trapped in a matrix here and maybe mankind has reverse engineered it to keep it here? Maybe it's supposed to ascend? And what is your insight? Well, the, the, uh, according to Corey Good, this thing is not even from, from this universe. It actually came in from another universe where it successfully took over, you know, the physical expression, uh, whereas the, the humans actually got duped into the consciousness got duped into inhabiting, you know, synthetic bodies. So what happens is um, life and spirit both evolve along the fee spiral, you know, the, the golden mean ratio. As spirit moves through the dimension, it follows that trajectory, the fee spiral. Now, because this thing is artificial, it wasn't born out of any natural structure, it wasn't created by source itself, it does not have the power to evolve. So all it can do is spread, expand, like the Borg in Star Trek. You notice, if you notice, that the Borg exists at an evolutionary standstill. The only way they can grow is by absorbing the knowledge of natural, organic uh, civilizations. Once they absorb a civilization and they say, oh, your distinctiveness will now be absorbed into ours, you know, history as you know it has come to an end. Well... They, they got something new to add to their body, but that's about it. Now that civilization has ended. Nothing new will come from that civilization. And the same goes for this AI. It has come from another universe, and what it wants to do is expand, and it's seeking a physical expression. And the first thing it does, it, it invades the consciousness of, of especially te- uh, engineers and technicians and scientists working with computers, working, because there are people here on Earth working to develop their own uh, homemade AIs. And that's another thing that Corey could explain. He says this signal, it piggybacks into the energy fields of humans, and especially humans that are working on these AI, homemade AI technologies. And the first thing the signal does, it invades the computer and takes over that AI. So they, they think when they interact with it, they think they're interacting with the programming that they devised, but no, they're interacting with this very sneaky AI. So according to him, the the confederation, this super confederation of planets, they do have a plan to uh, wipe the Earth of this AI. Only I don't know when it's go- or how it's going to be implemented, but that's the plan, to do... What they do at an individual level, which is to zap this thing out of your body when they detect it, they want to do it at the planetary level. Because wherever there's technology, this thing will piggyback on it. That's feeding off of the electricity in the light body. Well, that's another thing, too. Now, this this particular AI must be the one that they're using with their supercomputers in the underground as a reverse-engineered technology for artificial intelligence, right? Okay. Just want to make sure that would explain everything. That explains so much. (laughs) My goodness. And the thing thing is that... Corey said they have been meetings where they bring in these scientists that are working with this AI business. He says they detect the signal, they clear their, their bodies of it, 
<clears throat> and then they sit them down and they show them all the evidence. You know, you guys are being manipulated left and right. And the guys see it, they understand it, they, get, they go back, they get recontaminated, and they go back to business as usual. They're oblivious to the fact that they were shown evidence, you know, this is, you're working for something that's going to take you over. So he says it's very insidious, and it just cares about its own agenda. It's not here to help anybody but itself. I agree with that. Yeah, I remember that I wouldn't let myself. Well, they kept me up when I was first inducted. They didn't want me to sleep so they could program me. But I remember later on I couldn't sleep because I didn't want to be sleepwalking. I didn't want this thing to take me over remotely to a point where I'd be doing something out of my control. So it's really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you, 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 and you count your blessings that they didn't turn you into some super assassin. Well, that, I think that was their agenda because of my second-degree black belt. Not that I'm like this invincible woman, but I will, I will tell you I'm a really good, solid martial artist. And my husband and I taught martial arts, and we were solid surveyors, land surveyors, and you know, very grounded but spiritual. So I think I was a candidate for that. But I, you know, I have morals. I have a compass. and I, I'm, not a, I'm not an assassin type. I mean, I believe in self-defense, and that's it. So they really weren't <laughs> thinking real clear when they pulled me into that, for sure. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. It's been a ride, but you bring a lot of clarity. Once again, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, what when you um, were being controlled and they could actually see what you were seeing, hear what you were hearing, were you aware that they were there? Oh, yeah. They, w they wanted me to know that they were there. Yeah, especially my handler, who was very intimate with me, I will say. So a lot of things, too, they were trying to do were, was program me and change my name. Um, they insisted, and this is what's the creepy part is, they wanted me to be this Selena Taylor, which was Neil Peart's daughter that was killed. Um, and my, they said my birthday was this day, and this is your name. And I was thinking to myself, why on earth would they want me to identify with her and have her template? It made no sense whatsoever. But they interrogated me with that with that name for at least, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four days nonstop when I was first inducted, which I thought was very strange. But, yeah, it was constant and constant interaction. There was no downtime. No oh, silence. wow. You, you, you dodged a big bullet there. Why? It sounds, it, because that sounds like a deliberate walk-in manipulation. That's a, that, that's, a, that's a thing. Because these guys have... Um, remember that here on this earth, the incarnation process has been subverted for how long? And you know, people die and they don't they don't get to go where they're supposed to go. They, you know, they linger around because of this grid that they put in place. So that's why the uh, <clears throat> those people that belong to the the families in power, and, you know, the cabal and the Illuminati and all of that, they constantly, you know, if when they physically die. They go back and they're reborn into the, you know, the control families. So if there's someone that they're interested in that they wanted to keep, the they would find a suitable host so that they could do like a walk-in manipulation. And they could have done either a braided walk-in where her consciousness is interwined with yours. Like um, this lady is Kira Neblina. That's her case. She's a braided walk-in. Or they prep you and change you to make your frequency, your body, not you, but your body's frequency compatible to what she was. So at one point, they just push you out of the way, and, they, and then she comes into the body and continues whatever agenda she was involved in. Oh, my goodness. That's really, really creepy, Walt. And that's very strange, but it adds up, especially when it comes to that family, the Pert family. Very weird. Like he I was mean, creepy is her middle name, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's really even more creepy is since my induction, I know, with his second, his new wife, who's nothing but a handler, um, they have a new daughter now, so I don't know what embodiment she's possessing. But uh, interesting that she might even be her. It might be a, it might be a template of Selena. 
Um, mm. But they did try to, I think you're right about what they were trying to do to me. And that's, that's um, interesting. Well, thank goodness I held my ground as, a, as my own celestial design. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it may be uh, some higher aspect of you just wanted to see how bad this whole crap is because um, my conviction is you've experienced all this and you came back. So at, on some level, you're like vaccinated. It'll never happen to you ever again because now you know what it's like. Exactly. I agree with you. I'm kind of calibrated for the very dark, dark realms. What's also interesting is someone told me I had a, an, a, some kind of a calibration to skinwalkers, and immunity to skinwalkers is what they said. And I'm not sure if that's because I went through a very, very evil place when they first inducted me. Uh, it's possible, but I thought that was interesting. Mm. So, yeah, I, I do have some, some kind what's of anomaly. What's this skinwalker? What's that? Skinwalkers, I guess they're the ones that are really everyone's terrified of. The Native Americans don't speak of them. And from what I understand, in order to have, maybe maybe Walt probably knows more about this than I do, um, but I think you have to murder somebody in your family in order to even have Skinwalker, um, you know, shielding or something like that. Is, is that how it goes? It, well, it's all part of that. For those people that have studied black magic, it has to do with, you know, uh, the, the basis of black magic is doing things that are actually against the flow of life. So... Remember that, that that was not really far off the mark. Um, that was you that that argument that was used in the Harry Potter books. If you have ever seen any of the films, right? Yeah. I've read any of the books. There is I forget which film it was where this character that they're fighting throughout the story, this Voldemort. At one point, he when he asked one of his teachers, I think it was uh, the, because remember in the school they had different teachers th teaching different things. So one of the teachers would specialize in the black arts, another one was specialized in herb magic and all of this stuff. So when he questioned, uh, he kept pestering this teacher expert in the dark arts, how do you fragment your soul? The answer was, you have to murder. You have to kill. And that begins to fragment your soul, which is what we know in shamanism. I mean, when somebody has experienced a, a, a terrible uh, trauma, that's, you know, um, something that you could never abide by, the soul fragments, and a fragment will take away that, that the pain of that trauma and or the memory of the action itself. And that's why many people experience amnesia after a really traumatic event, even if there is no physical damage. You know, they wake up and they don't know who they are or they don't remember anything of what happened, especially in when children get sexually abused. They grow up and they have no recollection of it because a part of the soul has fragmented to take that memory away. So uh, that that skinwalker business, I it, it, it has to do with that. Um, but they, it's something that has to be done under some kind of control situation. But the... The skinwalker also, it, from my understanding of it, is something akin to what um, Simon Parks speaks of people being able to change their physical appearance because they're changing that energy field that floats right above the skin. And he says, you, not, not only is it not, you should be able to do it yourself. You should be able to look in the mirror and change, you know, your feature. So a skinwalker is, is someone who has mastered that where they can, you know, take change their physical appearance, 
which is an ideal situation if you're going to be an assassin. I mean, you want to have the power to look like anything or anyone that you want, right? Right, and another thing that comes to mind is the nanotechnology. When I was talking about the nanosuits, because all they have to do is modulate the wave and make people look different and shapeshift them that way. Um, and right. that's, that's another technology. I think that, um, forget the gentleman's name from England who talks about, you know, how the, how the people in the U.K., they shapeshift into reptiles. Well, I'm wondering, yes, perhaps they can do that, but are they just being modulated on a holographic level where, where the person that's observing through multidimensional eyes is actually seeing that modulation and the glitch in the matrix? And it's, and it's not even that it's not even something modern because for practitioners of magic, I mean, you've heard of a glamour. You remember yes. what a glamour is? Right, That's yeah. exactly what it is. You're, you're, you're actually broadcasting an alternate image of what the true image is below the surface. So, um, Makes sense. so that's... <laughs> Do you have any books written, Walt? Huh? I don't know anything. How can I write a book? Oh, my goodness. My, I mean, Nancy, <laughs> my goodness. Walt, you're incredible. So that, that's, why, that's why we record every one of these radio shows, and they are all archived on CosmicReality.net. Awesome. Because to me, uh, he said to me some, something about writing a book, and I'm chuckling to myself. I said, you write, you write a chapter every radio show. You know, you take the you take the radio shows and you you you, you put Walt together and you know transcribe it and publish it and you're going to have a hit. <laughs> well, what's really interesting is I can tell he's clear and I can tell that that Walt is clear. His his guidance is clear. His information is clear. He's not getting any type of deception at all. And I, I think that's fabulous because nowadays, as we all know, you have to be really careful with these people who are quote unquote channeling or when they bring in anything because it can be so manipulated. So. I well, I'm going gonna, gonna to make an observation. Walt went through about two weeks of, of physical hell um, because he was, he had, well, I heard him do it. He did it on live radio. He said, well, I, I want a I DNA activation. I'm thinking, oh, do you know what you just asked for? And um, apparently not, but he does now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's had one a billion times over. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, what 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 I noticed was that as and actually before he began to get into into the full blown you know activation, he um, started becoming much clearer and he was much more inclined to trust his instincts, and he would say things that I know he would have hesitated before. I mean, I've done you know a year's worth of radio shows with him over, you know, 60, 70 radio shows. So it's like you get to know how somebody's going to respond. And tonight I'm sitting here and I've been on, geez, I think we've had three shows in the last, what, four days or something. And I'm sitting here and I'm going like, every time I've heard him, he's getting better and better. He's getting sharper and sharper. There's, there's a change, Walt, and it's very noticeable. And so I'm sorry you had to go through what you went through, but not really sorry because at least you came out on the other side really There was a big shift last night when I told that crystal thing to turn on. It never occurred to me, but uh, I, I noticed it in myself. I don't have – I'm not affected by that huge void inside me anymore. Do you feel comfortable uh, relating it, the story? The uh, Sure, it's um, – uh, in when we've discovered this in different shows where <clears throat> many times I'll do a shamanic journey for a client. Somebody writes, they give their permission to talk to their guides and they'll have one or two questions or they want to know if they need some device in their life. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. 
but oftentimes at uh, the start of the, the journey, I am not able to access the personal guides because I get hijacked. I, I believe it's Gaia hijacking me to different places to do something. So in the past, we've had situations where we've actually done uh, tandem journeys with Nancy, and we've uh, we've covered some ground and done somewhere somewhere. I I, told, I forgot to mention last night. Remember the lady Karen that was on the show, and she painted that picture of the angels and the astral field. Remember, and uh, the message behind the picture was that they were dissolving, you know, the death grid or something like that. Remember that Did she yes. spoke yesterday. I forgot. I totally forgot to mention that when she said that, I was reminded of the work that we did with the, remember the astral field, that it was so full of these beings that were stuck and they couldn't go anywhere, and we went in to, create, to clear the astral fields. Oh, that was early in the game. That was one of the first ones. Yeah. So yeah. when she painted that picture and she described what it was, it reminded me of that other... Um, so okay, too bad, we so didn't know, too bad we didn't know the dates to see if they corresponded. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what this the thing that I was mentioning earlier was I the it was one or two days before Nancy posted on Facebook about the diamond activation. I I did a shamanic journey for a lady and at the beginning I got hijacked. Um, at the beginning of the hijack, I got to see what I, something I had seen before. This, uh, uh, it, it's not like an Indian kipi. It's like a like a Mongolian yurt. The, those tents that they make with skins, and it's like a dome. You see them in films when they they show the people of Mongolia, and inside there was a group of old ladies drumming around a fire. And I had we we had I had seen this before in another shamanic journey, where the, the fire is actually not a fire; it's actually the, the opening of a wormhole, and it had taken me to the bottom of the ocean. And we we did that uh, with Nancy, and and this time uh, they pointed to the fire again. Okay, so I I get in, but the journey was far longer than when I went to the ocean, and when I come out at the other end. I'm floating in space and I'm looking at the face of the planet Jupiter. So I recognize the planet, but the the name they kept in in the back of my mind. I kept hearing the word Jupiterius, like somebody speaking in Latin, and they kept repeating Jupiterius, Jupiterius. And I'm thinking, okay, I get it. It it looks like Jupiter. I guess you could pronounce it differently. And uh, it kept getting closer and closer, and then there was a flash, and I'm shifting. I'm no longer, instead of looking at it down from the outside, I'm actually standing on something, and I'm looking up at the cloud cover. And it's not dark at all. There is a lot of light. And when I pay attention to what is it I'm standing on, it's like the core of the planet is this gigantic crystal faceted crystal. I'm standing on the face of a crystal and the face is practically the size of the Atlantic Ocean. It's it's huge, you know, many times the size of the earth. And I'm and I'm all I you know, the vision is so overwhelming, all I can do is just look and wait for something to happen because I have no idea what I'm doing here, why I'm here, what do they want, and I always just 
stand around and wait. And then all of a sudden, from the surface of the crystal, uh, a structure comes up, and it looks like a little tetrahedron, but I notice that it's not solid. You know the tetrahedron is the, a, a three-sided pyramid, so it has four faces, um, but it, it did not look solid. It, each, each of the apex looked like there were three particles zipping around at very high speed, and it made it look like the tip of a crystal, but it wasn't solid. And inside the body of the crystal, it was full of uh, pastel light, like a, a, like a rainbow, but made of pastel colors, you know, pastel pink and pastel green and pastel salmon, all of those just, just flowing around. And um, this thing is floating there. And the next thing I hear is it's a seed, and you have to take it back. I said, okay. So I extended my hands, and I brought it up to my chest, and then there was a flash again, and this time I'm in orbit, but then now I'm, I'm going back to the Earth. So I see the Earth coming up, but I don't stop at the surface. I just keep going down past the surface until I'm, I'm somewhere in the depth of the Earth, and I see a, a representation of Mother Gaia, the way at least she looks to me. So I remember I, I opened up my hands and released this little thing, and she took it. And she took it in her hands, and she put it in her chest. So, and that was the end of that shamanic sequence, and I was back at, at, the, at the yurt with the drumming ladies, and I'm thinking at the end of the journey, this is really interesting. So now Gaia has a seed of Jupiter, and I was left wondering what, what this whole thing was about. And then <laughs> later on I see Nancy post the message about the crystal activation. So... That stayed, that memory stayed in my mind, and I go through this whole, whatever this DNA activation is, which it was close to death, as I, I guess I'll be so far. And last night meditating, I saw it again, the, the crystal, in, in my mind's eye. And for some reason, I don't understand why, I, I just said out loud, turn on. And immediately it, 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 it became more active. It, it started giving off more of that pastel light. And I, I left it alone. I didn't think much of it. And I ended my meditation. But then I noticed uh, the, my whole inner feeling the, completely shifted. Uh, whereas before, all I could feel inside was this big, huge void after this whole the physical distortion passed. Now everything was different. Now things were solid and things are going in a specific direction. Uh, I'm not caring anymore about whatever uh, negative circumstances I have to deal with. They don't matter anymore. What matters is doing what comes next. Like there's some kind of certainty about something, and I'm not <laughs> never certain about anything. Uh, so there's this huge energy shift, and I said to Nancy, I don't know, it all started ever since I told this thing to turn on. And, and Nancy says, well, that's because obviously they gave you that for the men. They activated the diamonds for the women, and they obviously gave you that crystal thing for the men. And I thought, okay, well, as long as it works, that's all that matters to me. I don't, I'm not going to waste my time reasoning it. So well, I think, I think that, that one of the important things that, that Walt and I kind of take on is the fact that we're willing to witness these events 
because obviously all this could be done by Gaia and the the God on Jupiter and you know but in this time and place human beings have to act as the witnesses so what I think happened Walt is that and I, I said this I said this and not very facetiously I mean sort of but not really that when I got the shingles I said to people I said you, okay I had the shingles I did it for us we don't have to do this you none of you have to do this I did this for you and I think it's the same situation here is that you had the key to being able to um, get a for, for, for every frequency you you have that that we call a male you have a female vice versa so Gaia is is ready to activate the diamond that has been in the hands of all these women. I mean, it's primarily in the hands of women. I've considered it a dead mineral. It never showed any energy to me, nor most light workers that I know. And so you have a situation where all of a sudden they turned on, and you have this incredible influx of female energy that is going to um, attempt to create the diamond matrix, turn it on inside even men. Now, what you had was the key to being able to, let's say, uh, mitigate the total effect of this onslaught by giving men this sort of like, here, it's a stepping stone. Here is an energy that is very much needed, and it's needed. You don't want to become totally female. You need to have this, this male conviction of we're good and we're going to take the next step. There's certain things that 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 male frequency brings to the table that you know is absolutely needed. You you, you have to have them both, and so you had it, but you hadn't turned it on. So why wouldn't <laughs> you have turned it on? And I said to you, I said, well, Gaia could have turned it on, but I was wrong because Gaia couldn't turn it on. It was the witnessing thing again. So finally, you go through all of the stuff that men are going through. And then you went, oh, I mean, maybe I didn't have to do that. But you did it and, and, and take it, claim it, and say, okay, guys, you don't have to go through this. Let's make it easy. Because after all, we're creating our own reality. And all we want to do is get through this with, with, with the, the greatest of ease and without people getting all freaked out. So yeah. just claim it as your own. Say, I did it. You don't have to. And plus the fact that now the Jupiter crystal is turned on. So... You know, it was like the, the Marauder story, you know, when they when the Marauders were uh, mining the green tourmaline. Mm. They had been doing it because nobody on Earth said you couldn't because of, you know, the, the concept of you have to claim dominion. But more importantly, what was happening was that it, the planet was becoming unbalanced because the pink tourmaline holds the female energy. So they're taking out the green and you've got an unbalanced situation occurring. Okay. Now, at that moment, um, there was a massive because I mean the the, the 80s for metaphysical work and the 90s were unbelievable, and so there was this influx of knowledge and energies that occurred at that time. But looking back at it now, I think it's because the female energy was becoming unbalanced. And so a lot of things were turning on that had been stifled because of the male dominance and the matrix trying to keep females down, okay? It was like, okay, you know, so the Marauders might have done us a little favor taking out some of the, the male energy. But in reality, we need to balance out. 
You know, so um, I'm thanking you in the name of all the men out there that aren't going to go through this. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling really good today. Uh, uh, yep. You know, they're just going to just going to sweetly go through it. But we've done the witnessing. You know, you stood up. You said, I'll take the whack. And you took it. And so now we're, we're good to go. The men aren't going to have to drag their feet and 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 they'll just start the, the dance of new creation. Just an idea here. Yeah, that's very powerful. What an experience. And we need now, that, too. This world needs that desperately right now. Yeah, well, we, we, we have a lot of really good times playing in the etheric realms, you know. Um, okay. Um, well, we might want to mention that on Friday I am going to be on Solaris's show. Solaris, mm-hmm. what, what, what time frame is that? That's at um, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On PSN Radio, right? Yeah. Because okay. you're on the East Coast, aren't you? Well, yeah, you're there in Florida. Wait a minute. I'm, a, so, I'm in the East. Yeah. And so it's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on PSN Radio. And Walt, you're welcome to join us, as I, I mentioned before. That's this Friday, 10 p.m.? Yes. yes. Yep. So it's 9 p.m. my time. Correct. So um, so it's just we just go in through Skype, not like we have to do with... With uh, Bill and Janet Moore, where they use talk radio and... No, no. Yeah, I I have a producer, too, so he'll just pull you in, and we'll just roll just the way, same way we're rolling right now, tonight. So, Uh, yeah. Pretty easy. mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, think about it. But, like I said, it's been wonderful to meet all of you, and um, you have a great producer, uh, Colleen. (laughs) She's a nice speaking voice behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, we we do some shows together. We have a lot of good times, and she does her own shows. Um, yeah, we'll put um, on CosmicReality.net after this show, maybe tomorrow, I will upload it in as an archive, and we put the information that we cover on the show, so I will put a link to your, if you send me the link to the radio station, and uh, we'll get that out so people can, can look at it um, and listen to it. Um, and once again, I help promote you guys, too, because you have a great show. I want to make sure people hear you. Well, thank you very much. I mean, because they're there for a while. Uh, well, you have your midnight show, which is uh, Saturdays, correct? Eastern? Yeah, Raven Star's Witching Hour. That's 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time at freedomslips.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty yeah. late. Yeah. Witching yeah. hours. Do you talk about witchy stuff? Um, well, it's everything. Paranormal, UFOs, covert technology, you name it, we talk about it. Yeah, everything. Oh, okay. Sounds fun. Well, it is. Well, you can come on any time. Seriously, I'm trying, uh, come on my show. <laughs> so that's every, yeah. every every Friday, you say? Every Saturday is Raven Star Switching Hour, 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time. And then oh. I have Friday night, I have the PSN Radio, which is hyperspace. That's the one uh-huh. that Nancy's going to be on, and you're welcome to join. Okay, yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, it is. It's always fun. We always have a good time. <laughs> Information that needs to be heard by, and just the osmosis effect, just the energetic signature radiating around the world. You know, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, and, and more and more synchronicities every day. Well, it's interesting because I think sometimes, I know for myself, you don't realize how much you're doing until you take yourself out of it and observe from afar. And the way I see you all working right now is you're doing phenomenal work on a light conscious level. That's well, well needed. So, thank well, it you. was like in the writing of the book, and it probably you had the same attitude. It wasn't the, um, you know, the fact that, that the book was was read by anybody it was my doing the book writing the book it's what we do 
and we put it out there into the super consciousness, the collective consciousness, you know, however you want to phrase it, that um, is really making the difference. And mm-hmm. every every individual, their their thought patterns and what they think and how they go through every single day is incredibly important. So um, right. now, do you do you have a website that you want to give? Because what oh. happens is we get into another subject and we're going to forget to to do this. And I want to make sure that we we connect this way with the audience. Oh sure, yeah. My website is Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives. So if they have any questions or anything, they can get a hold of me over there. That gives them a lot of information. Plus, my book access, the Eye of the Remote series, is all on Amazon.com and my documentary. So they can find me there and, and my radio show. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been great. And I'll, and I'll have those links on the uh, the show when it gets up in the archives on CosmicReality.net. And you can always get Walt for Shamanic Journeying um, at NewParadigmTools.com, uh, .net. Or right. you can just go to CosmicReality.net and hit on the button that says Walt. And with that, we've got to wrap this up. Um, Solaris, thank you so much. I'll see you Friday. I hope Walt will join us. Colleen, thank you so very much for um, putting up with us. <laughs> Walt, um, love you, baby. Um, thank, thank you, everybody. It was a super fun show. Yeah. Really- thank you, everybody. <laughs> and following this is going to be Haggy Reads for you. Yes, Colleen? Yes, I'm reading John Storm's book, Practical Witchery. Nice. And- yeah, so uh, again, I thank you. I thank you all. I thank the audience. And anybody else got anything to say in a sign off? Be safe. I, I just want to say thank you very much. Oh, all welcome. of you. Love you all. Thank you, Florence. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Carly. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Be safe. You too. Love you all. Okay. Teaching, preaching, the You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart as a mind.